Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me, Bramwell, from Horness Ministries. This is a weekly podcast opening God's Word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's Word, the Bible, says. We've been going through the book of Acts um, ever since we started doing uh, this podcast and today we finally come to Acts 2. It's taken us some time to get here, but the point being is that by going verse by verse, we enrich our lives in Christ. We enrich our lives with looking at what the Bible really talks about and opens up. And that's what the word opened is all about. It's here to enrich lives, to equip, to really understand and as we've gone through Acts 1, we spent a lot of time looking at the foundations, the foundations of what it's all about, because it's the foundations that are key. We need our foundations in place to be able to then move on, to develop, to be equipped. If our foundations aren't solid, then we can fall apart. And so we've seen that as we've gone through Acts 1, that the foundations of Acts, all laid out in Acts 1, are going to be you know, seen and manifested as we go through the rest of Acts. So let's look at Acts 2, verse 1. <clears throat> when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. You're going to spend some time today looking at Pentecost and the links with Pentecost back to Moses, back to the whole foundation of giving the law. Why is it that the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost? What is so special about Pentecost? God could do anything. He could pour the Holy Spirit out at any time. So why at Pentecost well first off Pentecost is a Jewish is a is a Jewish um, festival it's in the Jewish calendar it's a Jewish festival and it's called the Shavuot either the festival of harvest or the festival of weeks and this can be found in Leviticus but before we just look at that Pentecost you know, is not a is not a Hebrew word. In fact, Pentecost is a Greek word. And so you may say, well, why why are they celebrating a a Greek festival? It's not a Greek festival. It's a Jewish festival that has become something called Pentecost but it's still the Jewish festival it's still when the Jews were celebrating what God had given them in Leviticus the word Pentecost means 50 days and this is 50 days after Passover there's two things here one you may remember that Passover is the time 
when the Israelites left Egypt. It was at Passover when the Israelites left Egypt. And when the Israelites left Egypt, this was the first time, this was the first Passover, the passing over of the angel of death. The fact that they were fleeing when they had unleavened bread. You know, bread that hadn't risen. These are key things within this whole looking at why the Spirit came at Pentecost. So you've got the first Passover. You've then got the fact that Jesus was crucified at Passover. And the word Pentecost meaning 50. And we're going to see all this tie up in a minute when we look at the passage in Leviticus. But Pentecost meaning 50 days, 50 after Passover. And so you can say, well, what does that mean? Well, let's look at Leviticus 23. And we're going to go from verses 15 to 22. This is God speaking to Moses. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count fifty days the day after the seventh Sabbath, and you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves of ten, two tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits to the Lord. And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year, without blemish, one young bull and two rams. They shall be as a burnt offering to the Lord, with their grain offering and their drink offerings, an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma to the Lord. What we see here is the Lord giving this festival to the Israelites a festival that is to be worship to him you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering and that happens at Pentecost uh, sorry that happens at Passover seven Sabbaths shall be completed 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath and so we're counting 50 days from Passover. The Lord is making this clear. And this is a time when there's to be a new grain offering. A new grain offering. We would look at that today as, as harvest. A new grain offering. When the new grain comes up. When the new fruits come up, this is harvest. And when the first fruits come up, we'll look at that in a minute. When they come up, then you are to offer it to the Lord. Two loaves of bread made from finest flour with leaven. Do you know leaven is a representation of sin or corruption? If we look at Leviticus 2 verse 11... It comes out here. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. 
For you shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering to the Lord made by fire. This wasn't anything that was to be burnt. It wasn't a burnt offering. But leaven is a representation of sin or corruption. And so we see this moment here where the Lord is saying to the Israelites, after 50 days from Passover, you are to offer a new grain offering. You are to offer you know, what comes up then, the new stuff that comes up, the new grain, the new food that comes up. You are to offer it to me and you're to make loaves with the finest flour and with leaven you know it's to rise this bread is to rise not like at passover where it didn't rise this bread is to rise it's to be the finest flour and that combination of the finest flour with sin with corruption these two things coming together. You know, the beauty of the finest flower taking out sin, taking out corruption. With a beautiful picture there of Jesus. That Jesus is the finest flower, the one who was without sin, takes away our sin. So let's go back and look at Leviticus 23 again. You know, Leviticus 20, uh, 23, and we're looking at verse 16. Count 50 days to the law to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves of bait with leaven. They shall be a fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits to the Lord. Now the first fruits of the crop, the giving of the first things to God before you take your own, before you, before anything else, the first stuff that was to come up was to be given back to God. It's honouring the Creator. It's honouring God for who He is. That he is the creator. He is the one that provides all food. And in providing all food and being the, the creator of everything, you are giving back the first of what comes up. The first of what comes up is it should be the best. So you're giving the Lord, you're giving God the best of what comes up. Do you know, in our own lives, how many of us give the best of ourselves to God? How many of us give the best of our day to God? How many of us give the best of our lives to God? Do we hold something back? God was teaching and telling the Israelites that they, before anything else, before they were to take anything of what was coming up, any food that was coming up, they were to give the first lot 
to him in worship. And that's an element of trust as well. You know, trust in him. If you, whatever you get in, you know, what comes first, you're to give back. He might say, well, what if nothing else comes? Well, the question is, do you trust God? If you give God what is his, if you're obedient to God, then he will give to you. And so this is all part of the first fruits. Romans 11 verse 16 says, For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Everything within the first fruit is holy. It's pure. It's clean. It's prepared for God with solemn rite. It's sinless. It's upright. Yeah, this is the purest of the pure that is given. So how does this then relate to us? Well, let's look at James 1, verse 16 to 18. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Yeah, this is powerful. We might be a first fruits of his creatures. Believers are a first fruit. They're a first fruit of the creation of God. They're a first fruit of all creatures that God created. The word a kind means actually in the Greek a certain, that we might be a certain first fruits of his creatures. Believers are the first fruits and are brought at a price. That price is Jesus' death on the cross. Jesus bore all sins of all believers on the cross. He bore all sins of all believers on the cross. He took all sin of the world on the cross. And there's no deception from that. But there is deception out there for others to think otherwise. The deception of you are not important to God is a lie. The deception of the devil to get into a person's identity. You are not created by God. God made a mistake with you. These are all things that we might hear or we might hear in our own heads. That's the devil telling you the lies. Your identity in Christ shows that you are a first fruit. You are loved. You are worthy. 
not just the fact that you are worthy because he laid down his life for you, not just that you're worthy because God sent his son to die upon a cross for you, you're worthy because you are a first fruit. You're a first fruit. Going back to Leviticus 23, they are the first fruits to the Lord. You are a first fruit to the Lord. Your identity in Christ means that you are a first fruit to the Lord. You are worthy. You are holy. You are loved. These are the things within our own identity that we need to understand. We need to understand within ourselves. So let's go back to Leviticus 23, verse 18. And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year without blemish, one young bull and two rams. This whole thing of without blemish, without a mark, without a deformity. That's what without blemish means. They are perfect. Come back to Jesus. He is described as the unblemished lamb. He had no deformity, no mark. He was perfect in every way. He had no sin. And this is why he was able to be the human sacrifice for you. He was the human sacrifice for you as he died upon the cross. He took your sins on that cross. Your sins, your lawlessness, your disobedience to God, to the Heavenly Father. He bore it all on the cross for you. Just as with the sacrifice of an unblemished lamb was to be the atonement for sins of the Israelites, Jesus was the unblemished lamb for you. So in the fact that Pentecost is also a time of remembering this festival that the Lord gave the Israelites, there's this beautiful picture of the reminder that we are the first fruits as well. The reminder that we are the first fruits of the Lord and he is now pouring out his spirit upon all men. That's something that you know, we've talked about in the past, it's the prophecy it's that prophecy in Joel, and it's something that we will look at when we get to that point again. But the point being that the tying up of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at this festival time is beautiful. Everything works in God's timing. God knows his timing. You know, we need to get over this thing as human beings that we know the best <laughs> because we don't know best god knows best do you know god knew everything before the beginning of time 
before time was even found and invented by God, he knew and he knew best. And so the timing of the Holy Spirit pouring out at this time is just perfect when you break it down and look at it in more detail. So let's go back to Leviticus 23 because this is where it all starts from. And in verse 22, uh, verse 19, it says, Then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and two male lambs of the first year as a sacrifice of a peace offering. The priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits as a wave offering before the Lord, with the two lambs. They shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. And you shall proclaim on the same day that it is a holy conviction to you. You shall do no customary work on it. It shall be a stature forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap, nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. So here we see this thing about gleaning. Gleaning means to leaving the leftovers of the harvest for the poor, for the orphans, the widows and the foreigners. You know, God set this out in Leviticus 19. And we see it as well in the story of Ruth, where Ruth is a foreigner in the land. And Boaz says that she is to go and collect up what hasn't been collected this is for the poor for the orphans for the widows for the foreigners those people that would be outside of the normal and the fact being that god is making sure that there is provision here the fact again as we come to the holy spirit is the fact that the Holy Spirit is for all. There is no difference. God makes sure that it is available to all. Whether you are poor, orphan, widow, foreigner or in abundance. Gleaning is allowing others to be blessed by your abundance. And it's a reminder that in your abundance, you are to bless others. It demonstrates community. It demonstrates family. And this again is exactly what happens later on in Acts. We see the beautiful coming together of family. The family of Christ. The community of Christ. Comes together. And in that we see it in Acts. The fact that the body of believers. The family of Christ are to support one another. You know, Paul writes about this in, in his numerous writings. You know, that when one reaps, we all weep. You know, we're, we're, we're to cry with each other. We're to rejoice with each other. We're to support one another. There should be no one within the family of Christ who goes without because we all support one another. And that comes back from this whole thing of gleaning. So again, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit being for all 
no matter what your social division is or anything like that, but also the fact that it is demonstrating family. It's demonstrating community. But with Pentecost as well, it also became known as a celebration of the giving of the law to Moses by God. You know, Exodus 19 verse 1, Moses writes that the Israelites arrived in the wilderness of Sinai in the third month after they left Egypt. Remember, they leave Egypt at Passover. Now, this, is, this comes up in Exodus 12 verses 2 to 6. So they leave Egypt at Passover. They arrive in the wilderness in the third month after they leave Egypt. We know that Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. The 50th day after Passover would fall in the third month. And so there's a correlation here as well. The fact that Pentecost falls at the same time round about when the Israelites arrive in the wilderness of Sinai and God gives the Ten Commandments. He gives the law. He doesn't just give the Ten Commandments. He gives, you know, that's a misunderstanding of Scripture. There's the Ten Commandments and then there's all the other laws that come with it. You know, sacrifices and festivals and all of those things. God gives all of those to Moses on Mount Sinai. And so at this time of remembering the law being given, we also see that the Lord is pouring out his spirit on his people. Whereas that was set, this is now the new setting. The covenant that is being given by Jesus through his death and resurrection has now been given over by the Holy Spirit. And one other element of this whole thing to do with 50 is the fact of the year of uh, the Jubilee year. The 50th year was to be the Jubilee year. And this comes up in Leviticus 25, verses 9 to 14. Then you should cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the 7th month. On the day of atonement you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land. And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you and each of you shall return to his possession. And each of you shall return to his family. The 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord nor gather the grapes of your untended vine. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its produce from the field. The year of jubilee is to be a proclamation of freedom. Possession that had been given to others was to be returned. Slaves were to be set free. The land freed from working. There was no planting, no sowing or reaping. All debts were cancelled. It was a celebration of freedom of liberty and we see this again with the holy spirit the pouring out of the holy spirit was to bring freedom 
the Holy Spirit pouring out was to proclaim freedom to the captives. Jesus had come to proclaim freedom to the captives. And now the Holy Spirit is equipping people to proclaim the same message. Proclaiming the fact that Jesus came, he died on the cross, he bore your sins and he was buried but he rose again. He is resurrected and through that resurrection he has conquered death. This was a pouring out of the Holy Spirit to proclaim that. For people to proclaim what Jesus had been proclaiming. And so the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost is a reminder of the harvesting. A reminder of the first fruits of the Spirit being offered to God's people. A reminder that we are the first fruits of God's creation. In offering the first fruits of the ground, you were declaring that the land was the Lord's. And in giving the Holy Spirit, God declares that the believers are his. We see this in Romans 8 verse 23. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. The Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost equips the believers to preach the gospel, to bring freedom from bondage, and also to confirm rest from labor. Joe, you know, we don't strive to gain the gospel. We don't work to gain the gospel. We don't earn our salvation. Salvation is given to us. And so the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at this time is just this beautiful picture as it's poured out on Pentecost. 50 days after Passover. Everything that Pentecost or Shavuot means. Jesus is doing a new thing. The Holy Spirit is the new thing. I pray that you within this time of teaching today that it's it's resonated with you that it's revealed something to you you are a first fruit of the Lord he loves you so much but he also wants to set you free and as the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes and we're going to be looking at this in more detail over coming weeks as the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes it equips people to go and share and to go and do what Jesus did. It's from this that we then start to see healings. We then start to see the, 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 the signs and wonders. We see the gospel preached. We see boldness in the, you know, these disciples that we haven't seen before. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, will you come? Come and flood your people. Equip your people. Encourage your people. Strengthen your people. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we become your voice. That we're not afraid of what people may say or do.
Father, we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's great to be able to bring this to you again this week. And uh, yeah, I look forward to us as we, we travel through Acts 2 over the coming weeks. But until next week, God bless you. Stay safe. Stay protected. May you know that you are loved. God bless.